0: excited today to continue uh, in our series, No More Excuses, Embracing Our Place in God's Plan, where we are walking through the call story of Moses uh, in Exodus chapter 3 and chapter 4. And so the last two weeks, uh, we journeyed through uh, verses 1 through 12, and today we will launch from verse number 13 and conclude chapter 3 today. So if you don't mind turn uh, turning in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 be reading from the New International Version. It will appear on your screen, but you may want to mark it uh, in your own uh, mobile device or in your Bible. Exodus chapter 3 beginning at verse 13. Uh, You'll find these words in some form. Uh, Word reads as follows. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, To you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. Go, assemble the elders of Israel and say to them The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt, and I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. The elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord, our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed towards this people so that when you leave, you will not go empty handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters. And so you will plunder the Egyptians. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be unto God for God's word. Amen. For the time that we have together today, as we continue in this series uh, no more excuses. I want to tag this pati- particular text with the topic: handling hypotheticals. Handling hypotheticals. Handling hypotheticals. What if? What if? This is probably the question that hinders uh, hinders us from taking key steps that will move us to living a life that is fulfilled and lived on purpose. What if? Our imaginations can often cause us to see visions and possibilities of what could be, while simultaneously showing us all the potential reasons why it would not come to pass. Even when we know that we what we are seeing and what we sense in our spirits is, in fact, the Lord's urging us towards the purpose of our lives in this season, we can allow the hypotheticals to get in our way. And rarely are the hypotheticals things that are positive. We rarely ask the question, "What if I am successful?" They are often uh, times about the obstacles, both real and imagined that we anticipate arising in the course of us moving towards making vision and purpose a reality. It is, in many ways, a cruel reality to live in a place where hypotheticals can hinder our hopefulness. And it's been my experience, and I'm sure the experience of many of those of you who are watching and hearing this today, that it's been the possibilities for failure that have caused us to be resistant to taking the necessary steps toward doing what needs to be done in order to fulfill the plan and the vision that God has shown us. If we can get past the questions about our own worthiness to walk in the purpose and the vision that God has for us, we are oftentimes immediately overcome by the what-ifs. What what if? What if uh, we do it? What might happen if we take the step forward? What will go wrong if we decide to go forward? What happens if we decide to say yes? It's the what ifs, it's the what mights that challenge us. And if we aren't careful, we will begin to use the hypotheticals as the excuses for not getting involved and not embracing our part in God's plan. And in many ways, this is exactly the place where we find Moses in our text today. On the backside of Mount Horeb, Moses stands engaged with God, conversing about God's plan and his part in it. He is taken aback by God's invitation, his, God's initiation and God's instructions in such a way that it causes him to raise a pivotal question in verse 10. He says, who am I? to go to Pharaoh and to lead the nation of Israel. Yet God answers his apprehension by directing Moses toward God's assignment on his life, God's ability to operate, uh, ability that is operating in this moment, and God's assurance that Moses would find success because God is with him. And some might think that this would quell Moses' reluctance and give him the confidence to move forward with the plan that God is setting into motion, but not Moses. He follows his first excuse with a second question of God. This time, it's about who God is. Verse 13, Moses asks, uh, in verse 13, Moses uh, says to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? Certainly, this is a question that might cause us to believe that Moses was ready to jump into the task and just needed some more information. But I would caution us about reading too much enthusiasm into Moses' questions of God because of how the question is framed. Moses says, suppose I go. And it would seem to me that while he might be considering this as a legitimate option, he is more than likely posing this question as a point of looking for a way out, a way of escape uh, of his engagement in this process. In fact, in chapter 4, we'll talk about this in a few weeks, but Moses comes to a place of just telling God to send somebody else. So it could it be that even as he is fishing for information from God, in this moment in our text, that Moses is doing so, so that he can find a way out. And if we were honest, had an honest moment with ourselves today, we would have to recognize that Moses' hesitance hidden in the form of posing a hypothetical question that looks like he might engage, uh, we might engage uh, in the plan before us, is often our way of escape as well. We can spend a lot of time focused on what ifs and what might happen, not looking to say yes, but looking to come to the place that Moses comes to later in this story of sending somebody else to do what God has called us to do. This is not to minimize the reality of the risks that come with doing what God would have us to do. Y'all, the risk may be big, but it's my conviction today that God is bigger. God is bigger than any hypothetical situation that we could present to God as an out, uh, as an out to embracing our place in God's plan. And this is what Moses needed to recognize and what can help us as we commit and recommit ourselves to doing what the Lord is clearly calling us to do. Moses asked God, who do I say, send me? This was vital for the people of Israel. But in this moment, it was vital for Moses to know. They would all need to understand who was this God. They knew God as the God of their ancestors, but their personal knowledge of God was limited. And just as we've talked about for the last couple of weeks, it's important to know who is doing the sending because the one who sends is the one with the authority and the ability to make things happen. Moses, was o- Moses could only control Moses. The Israelites could only manage themselves, but God controls it all. And when we consider the hypotheticals that appear uh, to keep us from doing what God has called us to do, when we think about the real and imagined opportunities for things to fall apart and fail, when we analyze the circumstances and realize how much control we don't have in the situation, the only way to handle the moments of uncertainty and lack of clarity about what is to come is to focus on who is in control. And I don't know about you, today. But I'm so glad to know that when I don't have all of the answers, God does. When I don't know what's next, God does. When I can't see the next step, God does. The God that is calling us uh, is the God that has everything under God's own control. So then as we look at this idea of handling the hypotheticals, what do we learn about how to approach them? As they appear for ourselves and in our lives. Well, first, I think the text shows us that uh, in order to handle the hypotheticals the right way, that we have to trust the character of God. We have to trust the character of God. Check the text in verse 13. Moses raises a key question about the identity of God, asking for God to identify God's self to him so that if he decided to go along with God's plan, he could properly identify God to the elders of Israel. While Moses may have been seeking to find a way out by posing the question the way he did, his concern, y'all, was a valid one because of the way that the other nations and cultures identified their deities. Egypt and many other, other countries and groups in that region were polytheistic in nature, meaning that they worshiped multiple gods. They worshiped tree gods and sun gods and rain gods and grass gods and animal gods. Historically, we know that particularly the Egyptian worship. The Egyptians, y'all, worshipped many different deities. And this was the culture into which Moses was born and raised. This was the culture in which the Hebrew nation existed for 400 years, one that recognized a multiplicity of God. But the nation of Israel was established to be a people that were monotheistic, meaning that they worshipped only one God, the one true God. And that might not seem like a major deal to us today, today, but it was absolutely a counter-cultural position uh, to be in during the times in which they lived. Moses being born a Hebrew and raised as Egyptian royalty may have had some sense of this issue. In fact, it might have been an issue even for him, which causes his hesitance in embracing the work that God was calling him to do. We have to remember, y'all, that it had been 400 years of bondage, 400 years of being immersed in a culture that wasn't native to the people of Israel, their knowledge and their trust in the God of their ancestors was connected to the testimonies of their foreparents. But this current generation had no great interaction with God. This is why Moses wants to know the name of this God, in part because it moved God from the legendary experience of others to the lived experience of their present time. Y'all, names matter. Names matter. Matter. Names identify character. When you hear a particular name of a person, place, or thing, immediately an image or an experience shows up in your mind. Watch this. I'm going to say Barack Obama. And a particular picture comes up in in your mind. Now, Now, watch this. Donald Trump. Yeah, that picture changed real quick, didn't it? Yeah, I know it did. Uh, You got a different kind of feeling, a different emotion when I say that name. If I say the name of your favorite restaurant, if I say the name of your favorite vacation spot, smells and images and sights and sounds come to mind that bring about their identifying characteristics. Names matter. And this is why this moment in the text is significant, because to know the name of something is to provide reference for its character. So when God responds to Moses in verse 14 telling him uh, to tell the people uh, that I am who I am uh, is God's name, it is to identify the character of who God is. The phrase I am who I am is giving defining character to the name Jehovah that uh, that Moses rather already knew. The phrase is based around a Hebrew verb that means to be or become. That's why I like how some Bible scholars translate this text as I will be that which I will be. God is saying to Moses that my character is dynamic. It is to be whatever, uh, whatever you need whenever you need it. And instead of focusing our attention on the possibilities of what might happen, instead of focusing our attention on the hypotheticals of a situation, we ought to put our trust in the fact. That regardless of what comes our way, God will be what we need God to be. That doesn't mean that God will do what we, what we want when we want it. But that in God's providence, and God's sovereignty, God will show up according to God's plan and God's will for our lives. God gives this name to Moses to carry to the Israelites so they would recognize God's faithfulness and dependability and place their trust in God. And we would do well to put our trust in God over all of the fake gods that surround us. We can't trust our money more than we trust God. We can't trust our education more than we trust God. We can't trust the government more than we trust God. We can't trust our family and friends more than we trust God. We can't trust the things that God created more than we trust the God that created them. Because whatever we need, God will be. God will be our wisdom. God will be our God. God will be our provider. God will be our protector. God will be our deliverer. Because God will be what we need God to be. And we have to trust in the open-ended and all-encompassing nature of God. Got to Trust the character of God. You ought to type in the comments, hashtag I am who I am. We have to trust the character of God. But the text also helps us because it reminds us that we ought to handle hypotheticals by tracing the consistency of God. Check the text in verse 14. God tells Moses uh, to tell uh, the Israelites, I am, that my name is I am who I am, that you ought to say to the people, I am, has sent me to you. Then in verse 15, God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Uh, This is an interesting move in the text of how God describes God's self. Moses calls God the God of your fathers, God of your ancestors. Then God expands on that idea of God's self for Moses in ver- uh, to understand in verse 14, calling God's self, I am who I am. Then, in verse, uh, then God connects um, these ideas in verse 15, telling uh, Moses that the Lord, the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is sending you. In the context of these verses, we encounter a number of names for God. Elohim, meaning God, the one true God or creator God. I am, pointing to the dynamic nature of God. The Lord, which is the most holy name of God that was never read aloud in Jewish culture. And is based in the same idea of being, uh, of being from verse 14. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which signals the history of God's faithfulness to their ancestors. And all of this to say what today, preacher? All of these things uh, to say what? What are you trying to tell me today? Uh, I'm glad you asked. These names are all a signal to help Moses, the Israelites, and us today to find hope in the fact that God is a consistent and a faithful God. The God that set this moment into motion in our lives is the same God that set creation into motion by saying the word. The God that called Abraham to leave his homeland and kept him on the journey to, uh, to the land that God showed him is the same God that will keep us in the face of uncertainty too. The God that provided a sacrifice uh, to take Isaac's place on the altar is the same God that will make provision for us too. The God that set us, uh, that set up Jacob um, back on course when he was fearful of what laid ahead for him. And he had to deal with his own personal uh, demons and struggles is the same God that will guide us back on course and even wrestle with us if God has to. The God that kept Joseph from the pit to Potiphar's house to the second highest position of power in Egypt is the same God that will keep us steady in the course of ups and downs on the journey too. In short, God has kept those who have gone before us in the face of challenging moments of faith and God will do the same for me and for you. I know you want to know what's next. I know you want to know how it will be done. I know you want to know where the next steps will lead. I know you want to know who will be with you on your journey. I know you're wondering about when all of this will come to pass. I know you're concerned with what folks will think, how you are going to make it, and what happens if you get off course. I know that you've built up all the hypothetical situations and circumstances, trying to find a way to escape doing what God is calling you to do. But if you trace the consistency of God, you will discover that God is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. This is why God tells Moses in verse 15 that this is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Everything we need, God has already been. Every question we have, God has already has an answer every place that we lack God already is filled in the gaps and when we trace the consistency of God it makes it easier for us to trust the character of God because God is dependable God is a way maker God is a miracle worker God is powerful in fact the songwriter said that great is God's faithfulness that all I have needed God's hand has provided great is God's faithfulness unto us us because God is. God is. You ought to type that in the comments with lifted hands. God is. You ought to celebrate right now the fact that God is. God is my all and all. If we're going to handle the hypotheticals, we have to trust in the character of God. We have to trace the consistency of God. And finally, today, we have to take the course of God. <clears throat> we have to take the course of God. Verses 16 to 22 give Moses much more specific detail about what is, uh, God is planning for the liberation of the Israelites from the bondage of Egyptian slavery. There is a very clear strategy. That God has in place and Moses has a very clear role to play in bringing this vision of freedom to pass for the Israelites. The course of action that is detailed in the text is one that calls for Moses to go and talk while God handles everything else. Moses is to go and talk to the elders of Israel. Then he is to go and talk to the king of Egypt. Meanwhile, uh, going and talking to the women of Israel. Uh, In the midst of this, God says that God will grant him favor with the elders, that God will stretch out God's hand against the Egyptians and make them favorably disposed to the Israelites. These are not hypothetical plans in the mind of God. This is what God is setting into motion for the liberation of the people. This is a picture of what will happen when when Moses decides to stop hiding behind the potential problems he may face as an excuse to not engage and embrace his part in God's plan. And we should remember that God is a God of strategy. Uh, That when God calls us to participate in God's work in the world, that through individual service or collective ministry, that it is connected to a greater move of God that is in operation. This means that we can't pray uh, for God to use us to be a blessing and then turn around and trust and not trust God enough to take the course that God has set before us. God uh, lays out a specific course of action for Moses to take and even informs him uh, that there will be moments that seem like failures along the way uh, and we should find some encouragement today. Uh, We ought to find some encouragement in this uh, to take the necessary steps uh, to embrace our place in God's plan Uh, Our journey to answering the call of God on our lives and living out the purpose that God has for us will never be a straight line or a level path. Even following God's direction will at times put us in a position of temporary failure and sometimes stagnation. Sometimes we're going to fall. Sometimes we're going to have to pause. Sometimes we're going to have to stop. Sometimes we're not going to be as successful as we should think on the timeline that we have established for ourselves. However, uh, we ought to um, remain undeterred, knowing that the success of our God-ordained mission doesn't solely depend on our efforts because even when it looks like we are stuck, even when it looks like we are stagnant, even when it looks like we are at a standstill, y'all, God is working things out for us. And when we are following the course of action that God has called us to. God will lead us to a place of successfully achieving what God desires through our lives. Moses was using his hypothetical obedience to find a way out from doing what God wanted him to do. Moses wanted to get out of what God wanted him to do. He didn't know what laid ahead, but God needed Moses to see that God has a course of action prepared and a strategy laid out uh, for his success. And even as we stand in this moment uh, of deciding to say yes to the call of the Lord, we ought to remember today uh, that God has a strategy. Uh, We ought to trust uh, the course of God's action. Uh, It might not make sense, uh, but as long as God is in control, uh, we should have faith uh, that God will work it all together uh, for our good and God's own purpose. There are many unknowns in life. There are many unknowns in the pursuit of purpose. There are many unknowns when we answer the call of God. But the final verses of chapter 3 of the book of Exodus ought to encourage us today that even though we don't know how it's all going to come together, that God is working ahead of us to make sure that in the end if we trust God's character that in the end if we trace God's consistency that in the end if we take God's course that we will find success and fulfillment. We may not get the whole plan we but we must know that while we are trying to figure it out that God's already worked it out. Y'all it was true for Abraham it was true for Isaac and it was true for Jacob that God God had already worked it out Uh, it was true for Joseph Uh, it was true for Moses Uh, and it was true for Joshua that God had already worked it out Uh, it was true for Gideon Uh, it was true for David Uh, and it was true for Esther uh, that God had already worked it out Uh, and I ain't gone here in about two weeks Uh, but y'all it was true for Jesus uh, whose calling and course uh, took him to a hill called Calvary uh, where they hung him high Uh, And they stretched him wide. They put nails in his hands. uh, Nails in his feet. uh, And pierced him in his side. And he died. Yes, he died. But God worked it out. uh, And he got up early on that first day morning. uh, With all power in his hands. And if it was true for them then. uh, If it was true for the ancestors then. uh, If it was true for Jesus then. uh, Then it's true for you and for me today. That God is already working it out. So don't get caught up in all that is ahead. Just take the first step and trust that God is already ahead of you. That God is already moving obstacles. That God is already opening doors. That God is making crooked places straight. That God is making rough places plain. God is at work ahead of you. And God is at work inside of you. God is giving you strength. God is giving you strength for when the going gets rough and the road gets rough and the hills are hard to climb so be not dismayed whatever be tied God will take care of you be not dismayed whatever be tied God will take care of you beneath his wings of love abide God will take care of you and if you believe it If you can trust that God is today, if you believe in God's character today, if you trust his consistency today, if you're ready to take God's course today, you ought to lift your hands, open up your mouth, and give God your best praise. Trust God. Trust the character of God, because the character of God doesn't change. Trust and trace the consistency of God. Listen, you ain't even got to go to the Bible. You can look at your own life, (laughs) how God has been consistent with you over and over again, how God has shown up in the lives of folks around you. Take God's course. Listen, we like to do it our own way. We like to get out here and God gives us a plan and we run ahead of God. No, we got to let God get ahead of us so that God can take care of what needs to be taken care of. That doesn't mean it's going to be all smooth sailing. But what it does mean is that God is working it so it will work out for our good. So that success will be our portion. So listen, don't don't give in to those hypotheticals. Let let those what Matter of fact, give God all of your what ifs. Put your what might happens in God, in God's hand. Let, let God know that you have these concerns about what's going on, but don't let it stop you from saying yes. I don't know what God is calling you to. I don't know what God is calling you to do or where God is calling you to move in your life, but whatever is in the way, you ought to trust God more because God is bigger than all of your concerns. God is bigger than all of your hypotheticals. God is bigger than any challenge or circumstance that you can face god's got it all under control that's really all i want you to know and when you know that god has it un- under control it's easy for us it becomes easier to embrace our place in god's plan listen let's go to the lord and prayer god we thank you that you are in control god and the reality is is that we see it each and every day the sun rises and the sun sets, the moon set, sets, the moon rises and the moon sets like clockwork. The seasons come and they change like clockwork from autumn to winter, from winter to spring, from spring to summer. The Flowers bloom, then the flowers die like clockwork and then they come back again. God, we see you at work. We know that you're in control by the fact that our body The blood is still flowing and we're not doing anything to make it flow. That we're breathing and we're not causing ourselves to breathe. That we're singing and blinking and moving. You've given us this act. God, we know you're at work. We know you're in control. We know that you've set things in motion in our world. So God, help us to trust you as you set things in motion so that our lives can be connected to your plan. God, help us to embrace what it is and where it is you're calling us to. Help us to trust your character, knowing that you will be what we need you to be when we need you to be it. Not according to our time, but your time. Help us to trace your consistency that when it gets hard, we can look back and say, God, the same God that did it before is the God that can do it again. God, help us to stick to your course of action. That we might do what you are calling us to do, that we don't get out ahead of you. We follow your plan. God, we pray today for some man, woman, boy or girl who may be watching this today and they need to make a decision to put their faith in you. God, today we're praying that you don't leave them alone until they say yes. God, that you continue to pop up and urge them in their spirit. God, make them uncomfortable until they commit to saying yes to being connected to you through Jesus Christ God we thank you for this time we thank you for your word we ask that you would just continue to be with us through the course of this week God have your way in our lives it's in Jesus name we pray amen amen